0: You know the due diligence process um, is so key in mean, w-
1: whatever community you buy right uh, but just make sure that you take your time knowing what exactly you want to do there before you actually put a shovel in the ground
0: people love their dogs and love their pets and and you want you, you want to um, kind of control where it's going to be We're back on the Mobile Home Podcast, uh, Mobile Home Exchange Podcast. I'm your host, Frank Rizzo. With me is my partner, uh, Eric Busutil. Um, We are very, very excited to be here uh, this morning. Uh, we've just closed on, you know, essentially our 19th community uh, this past week. i super excited to onboard that community. We've got a lot to, to share with you, and I'm sure it's going to bring us a lot of um, interesting exchanges down the road uh, to share with everybody listening. Um, it's a four way, uh, first four way into uh, east of I ninety five on um, in Jacksonville, North Carolina, uh, which is a a great market. You know, it's a very solid MSA um, with strong economic growth, which is one of the things that we were um, really looking at, um, especially even now. Um, you know, having a strong military. Uh, with Camp Lejeune right there having strong military presence um, and a community that had uh, tremendous uh, value add. And, and one of the things that I think Eric and I have kind of specialized in in our you know 18 communities that we've acquired together um, is really finding communities um, inside of communities that have been kind of worn down, maybe a little tired, undercapitalized and bringing them back to life and uh, this one kind of fit that mold to a T, um, with tremendous opportunity in what's existing, but huge expansion opportunities.
1: One of the things that we would like to cover today uh, about this new acquisition is, you know, how we went through the del- due diligence, uh, what we discovered, and, you know, talk about the tremendous opportunity that we discovered. Um, beautiful, beautiful market, uh, we love the market. Uh, like Frank said, it's our it's our first, um, you know, it's our first time in this area, you know, south of 95, North Carolina. Yeah, east of 95. East, east, of, east of 95. Um, you know, one of the things that we love about this market, it's a, um, you know, stone throw away from a beach town. It's about 20 minutes out. Um, currently, we have about, you know, 70 something sites uh, with a, you know, Huge opportunity for infill and expansion. And
0: Eric brings up a great point because the, um, you know, the due diligence process um, is so key. I mean, w- whatever community you buy, right? You want to make sure that you're 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 systematic in the due diligence process. And I think over time, you know, obviously, the more you do things, the better you get. Um, And this was from due diligence to the onboardings probably been the smoothest, um, the smoothest one we've done to date, which which is great. Um, But it's also allowed, um, you know, and now we're at a point where we have our team. Our team has been able to onboard quicker. Um, But like, as Eric said, we as during that due diligence process, we were able to uncover some nuggets that um, that, you know, that, that wasn't that wasn't even Mentioned to us, um, and you know, and it wasn't wasn't presented to us by either the the the, the former owner um, or the broker. Quite frankly,
1: a lot of times, what happens in a transaction is that you know the seller, um, you know, they've had the property for so long, right, and it has become what it is, and you know, when they go to sell that property, um, you know, things may have changed or they do not realize what can be done there because they've already gotten to a point where they're comfortable and it kind of, again, just becomes what it is, yeah. right? And and one thing that, you know, we do, and in this property in particular, uh, we gave ourselves enough time to really uh, dig into the community, uh, speak to the building department, speak to the health department, and remember on, um, you know, as... As many properties as somebody may be involved with, uh, every county, every city is going to have their own things going on. Uh, some, you know, may have some uh, more difficult op- obstacles than others. Uh, but just make sure you're asking the right questions. What are the sizes of the homes that can go into a community? Are there any setbacks? Right, meaning, you know, you may have a, a property that is, you know, 50 years old where. Um, You know, the home sizes in this community uh, that are there now may not be the allowable home sizes in the community today, right? So something may have changed, and you may be grandfathered in, you know, for the homes that are already existing. But you
0: won't be able to bring in new homes at that same size. And sometimes these communities were built, you know, this community in particular was built um, back in the early 70s, um, and... and some of the lots that were designed were designed for smaller homes. Right. They weren't designed for today's model homes. Now, the beauty of this was that the, the the site itself was so large, we're able to overcome some of those challenges by repositioning how we might have those lots tied in, right? And that's not always the case because sometimes you're, I mean, I mean this is, you know, 72 acres, right? you're not always gonna acquire a community on 72 acres. Um, However, this one gave us that opportunity, but part of what we did was made sure that we hired a local engineer, right? Who has local knowledge, right? And those local connections where where we had questions, we could get answers from the proper channels to make sure we knew what we were going to do starting day
1: one. And the footprint, of the property that you're buying in today's time is um, a lot of times not the best use um, for what you're looking to do there, right? So um, it may not just be about the setbacks of the lots, but you know, in, in this particular situation, for example, you know, the, the property's on a main highway, right off a of main highway, uh, they have the front area of the park set up for RVs, right? and you know believe it or not there's not a lot of communities that or towns that allow rvs and homes this particular property because it's grandfathered in you can do rvs and homes there uh we're not you know we don't um typically buy rv parks uh but when we find a community that has rvs and uh mobile homes um we we look to take that on and You know, us looking at the property and how it sits now, we're probably going to be repositioning where the RVs are and where the homes are going to be. Right. Which is going to be different from its original footprint, which, listen, you know, back in when it was designed 50 years ago, uh, that may have been the best layout for it then. Right. So don't I mean, obviously, you want to look to keep whatever uh, areas and structures that are there now in the same in the same spot, right? There's, there's usually a savings in doing that. Uh, but just make sure that you take your time, um, knowing what exactly you want to do there before you actually put a shovel in the ground. Because if you, if you start doing things without planning, um, you know, you may be spending double the money down the road.
0: Systematically, um, as you going through the due diligence and whether, whatever your due diligence timeline is, whether it's, you know, forty-five days or sixty days or sixty, you know, seventy-five days. Um, we had a schedule of what we wanted to take off each week, and when we would sit down and meet and go over what needed to be accomplished. Right, we made sure that we were, uh, you know, hitting certain marks and hitting those achievements in those timelines. And if we had things that we weren't done with, we made sure that they were they would get done for the next time we would meet to ensure a smooth transition. So for the resident, right? Cuz the most important thing is, you know, at some point your residents are going to know, hey, there's going to be new ownership. A lot of times they won't know till it gets closer to the end, and you don't want to have any confusion. So day 1 came, everybody knew that there was new management in town. Everybody knew who, you know, before the closing, they knew who they should call, right? To get their their resident account set up to be able to pay online, right? And here's the community, the new community rules that we need people to abide in. So that transition was a a, a smoother transition um, than, you know, than ever, right? So, and then at, at that point, when when day one comes, you know, the, for the resident, the, the end use is the same, they know some improvements are coming, right? And some changes are underway, but now they can continue to go on and kind of eliminates a lot of that, um, those questions that might occur afterwards while you're trying to do some of that work.
1: And Frank, that's a great point. Um, you know, not only do we schedule out and meet, uh, regularly to look at the property during due diligence, but we also schedule out, um, what we're going to be doing on the transition, not just the exact transition of us taking the community over, but the, for the first six months to a year, right, um, not only are you doing upgrades to the property, but remember, you are um, impacting the existing tenant base there and what they've been used to and been accustomed to living conditions, whatever they may be, for the prior years, right? So um, we, we typically go in there. And, you know, the first thing we always do is, you know, we, we, we get involved with tree work, grounds work, um, there's always you know um, you know trees and grounds that you know haven't been maintained right so that's typically what we're doing in the beginning and as we um, get to know the current tenants um you know they 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 basically get used to what we're doing and you know they they buy in basically
0: C- correct and and while we were there during the you know I, we always like to be down for the uh, for for the closings and the transitions, this way, if there's any questions, residents know who they can speak with, so they could see a visible change, um, you know. But then going out there and meeting with those contractors and making sure you're getting two or three bids for certain for certain works, we 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 try to see who's been um, doing the work there before, right? And if if they're worthwhile keeping on board, if not, seeing if we could find some other vendors that might be able to to fit and. You know, this way we can, you know, comparatively price shop, make sure that we're getting the best, um, best possible uh, deal and and getting, you know, really some ideas based off of what we want to do and how to how to best execute it. So um, that's been part of the process as well. Uh, you know, prior to you know closing, we're obviously identifying the people that we want to potentially work with to make sure that we're getting in multiple bids for the same work. Um which was also part of the due diligence process. And, and, you know, overall, I think we're just uh, super excited. I think this, this probably has the potential of being a um, where we, where we originally looked at it um, just based off of what was described to us. And like, like Eric mentioned before, sometimes people are there, they don't see the forest through the trees, right? So they were looking at it and here's, 86 lots, you got 34 RVs. This is what we're going to, you know, this is how they're pricing. Um, They're not seeing, they're seeing what it is. They don't see what it can can be. Um, And they didn't look to see what it could be. Um, We, we acquired for what it was, right. Um, Without paying a premium for what it can be. And, and we know, you know, ideally what it can be. And that's where this, this turns out from being something very good to being something that, you know, potentially it could be great. Um, and, and, you know, obviously we have to put in the work um, the same way you'd have to put in the work, but that, that was all found out through our discovery process, through seeing that, hey, we have this site, the zoning is right for the manufactured housing, we have all this additional land, um, why isn't it being utilized? What would we have to do to activate it? Um, would the county want it? Would the city want it? Um, who would we need to, and, and having gone through that process and getting some clarity, I think that puts us in a position to go forward um, with confidence in executing this plan.
1: Frank, other than the, and, and I wasn't there on this closing, There was this was the first property, I think, out of all the properties we purchased that I actually wasn't able to be on the ground. Uh, so there's some stuff that, you know, Frank uh, seen that I wasn't there for. Uh, what is the um, next step, Frank, that we're going to take after the initial, you know, cleanup of the grounds and the tree work, what is the first step? So,
0: so after it's, it's clearing up a lot of the tree line, right. And debris, there's, there's probably a, a number of homes we have to eliminate. Um, something else that you got to look at, you know, Eric, when, when, if you're repositioning some of those lots, they have some pads that were established for, um, Smaller homes, right? And they might be cracked, and and trying to work around that pad or try to fit a home on the pad that might not work. That that as soon as you put some of that equipment on, it's going to crack anyway. It's better just to, it's going to cost you a little bit more on the front end, and you're going to, but it's going to save you a lot of time, energy, effort, and and headache. So we're going to eliminate all those pads as well. So once we have that done, right, then we're then we're going to look at this in t- terms of two phases. We have homes there. Um, that are older homes that we're going to, for the exterior, clear up those exteriors and we can get that work done, looking for new residents to fill some of the vacant homes. Um, But we will also be filing, right, with the city for the expansion, right? So this way we know exactly um, where that's going to be. And like you had alluded to before, um, and this parcel being as big as it is, we can have a sight line specifically for the RVs, right we're allowed to have RVs the one of the lots is zoned for RVs we can put the RVs on that and we can identify that and then we can identify exactly how many additional manufactured housing pads we can get um so that's th- those will be the next steps in in our plan in renovating and upgrading this community
1: and what about the um what about the amenities what do you think about amenities of this park i know that you know right across the road we have a beautiful uh, State park has, you know, sprinklers, uh, playground area, dog walk. So um, I'm not sure we're going to go there with the playground in the park because of that. But we have been talking about potentially even a pool. Yes. At this community, yeah, I, uh, definitely, you know, for the dog lovers, we're looking to put in a, you know, a dog walking area.
0: I think I think that's that's a great point. A dog walking area, I think, in in a lot of these communities, almost become a a necessity, right? Because people love their dogs and love their pets and, and you want, you, you want to um, kind of control where it's going to be, right? So some people love pets. Some people don't have pets. This way we can have a, a spot for your dogs, right? And and the space is big enough to do that. Um, we're not going to be able to compete with the state park. I mean, the, in terms of the playground, the playground they have there is immense and beautiful and it's literally right across the block, street. So to do that probably is, is a uh, um, you know just not not the best use of funds but like you described i mean here you're in you're in a market where i think the um would appreciate and value having a uh, an in-ground pool that that's could be utilized from either the RV section or the manufactured housing section. So we're going to see about the process of being able to put that in and then, you know, having that by the office so we can control the hours and make sure that that it's being utilized correctly. Um, But we think that'd be a great feature. Um, And if anybody who's been in North Carolina and in, you know, June, July, and August probably very needed, um, and so we're, we're you know we're we're going to look at putting something in there that would be able to uh, work at that facility, and I, and I think the residents are going to love it. So. Uh, we didn't mention that to any of the existing residents. Um, you know, we think that that will be something that they would be uh, very surprised and, and pleased to see down the road. But, but I think there is something that's, that's probably called for.
1: One thing I also want to elaborate on when we, we close on a property, uh, regardless of where it is, uh, we make sure for at least the first six months, I mean, we are there regularly, right? Uh, and what we're doing there regularly is finding our team, right? Putting our team in place, right? Uh, park manager. We already have a park manager that be, we've, we've uh, you know, went through a dozen resumes already. Uh, we have someone in place, but us getting to know them and them getting to know us, uh, knowing our system and kind of working with us towards, you know, our short and long-term plans, super important that you're there. Um, you know, obviously, you know, it's not something that, you know, one could, you know, do on their own. But, you know, you growing out your team, putting your plan in place with your team on the ground over the first, you know, six months to a year is super, super important. Super important. Um,
0: Because I I think if your residents in the beginning, right, it's tough to get them to buy in changes if it's going to happen 12 months from now. Right. So I think the residents living in those in that community and listen, this this is uh, in a great spot. Um, It's been family owned. It's third generation, essentially. Uh, it's just been undercapitalized, mis- you know. Basically, let to, to left on its own. Um, you're going to go in, and and you're going to get goodwill now, and people are going to understand that there's some changes that have to be made, or or some improvements that are going to be made, um, and they'll buy in to maybe modifying some, uh, some changes because, you know, somebody's new coming in there and we always look to make, you know, do our part first, right. Whether that's removing some of the vacant homes, whether that's removing some of the, you know, some of the trees or the limbs that are over people's houses that could be potentially hazardous. If there's a storm, you have to, we have to lead in with, Hey, this is what we're going to do for you to improve your experience. And now here's what we're lo- asking you guys to do to to enhance the standards going
1: forward. And uh, well said, Frank. Um, super excited about this property. Uh, we will keep you informed about the progress of this property. Possibly get you some pictures to look at now and before and after. Um, Want to thank everyone for tuning in. Possibly pictures. Uh, well, we'll get some possible pictures on there. <laughs> uh, thank everybody for tuning in. Uh, if have anyone has any questions, you know, be sure to reach out to us on the MHP Exchange. Uh, thank you, Frank. Frank, have a great day.
0: Hey, thank you, Eric. Thank you. And uh, check the click the link if you guys have any questions. Look forward to hearing from you uh, next time.